Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm David, and this is the podcast, as you've heard, where we learn about lighting. And today is no exception, because about every other episode here on the podcast, more or less, we go ahead and uh, we answer your questions. And that's exactly what I'm excited to do today. I'm going to admit I'm a little uh, bit tired today. Uh, After Memorial Day here in the U.S., I went and visited some family over the weekend, and it was a lovely Lovely time, always great to see people, but a um, bit tired from all the fun, but that doesn't stop me today. Uh, one thing on the news uh, docket today about our show here is the Patreon. So some of you guys have been responding, I've asked in the last few episodes, as I've been thinking about Patreon, and I've asked you guys to email me at uh, questions at learnstagelighting.com or through learnstagelighting.com slash contact. There's a form right there you can use to ask me questions. And I've been asking you guys to let me know what you guys think about a Patreon or um, any other sort of sponsorships for this show. And actually, really, when I think about it, it's for both the show and YouTube. Because while all day long, you know, I I totally believe in uh, the courses inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs and the support that I have there to be able to help people with lighting. And I think that they're a great sponsor for this show. Um, You know, I know that they're not right for everyone. And I want to be able to, at the end of the day, um, and basically this is how I've gotten here, is I want to be able to continue doing this podcast for a long, 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 long time and helping people with their lighting through it. Same with the YouTube videos. Uh, I've tried out a few new things on YouTube lately, and uh, they've all tended to work really well but they take more time to produce some of these videos. And I want to be able to do this again for a long, 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 long time into the future. And so the thought process that I go into then is, well, if I want to do all of this stuff for a long, long time into the future, then it needs to pay for itself. Um, As you guys know, obviously, I have learned stage lighting labs. And for some people, for a lot of people, it's a really great opportunity, and I, I want you to check it out at learnstagelighting.com slash labs because there's a variety of training resources there and personalized support available in the forums, uh, not to mention some other bonuses. And, um, and it works really well for a lot of people. But I get, and I've heard from you guys, you guys have written in and I've asked the question, and it sounds to me like there's a number of people who would like to support what I'm doing here, support the podcast, support YouTube as well. And, but let it be a less expensive uh, endeavor than the labs. Because with the labs, you get a lot. And I think it's really reasonably priced. I know I could charge a lot more because I just watched um, somebody else in a similar space launch a program that was $100 a month. Mine's only 40. And if you go yearly, it's considerably less. But at the end of the day, I want to just, you know, hopefully these ramblings make sense. But I want to be able to build something where I'm able to help people that may only have a little bit that they're able to pay towards learning stage lighting. I want to be able to help, you know, everybody who wants to learn with lighting and be able to do so in an affordable way, but also ensure that learning stage lighting is going to be around here for the long haul. Because at this point, um, it's not quite 
a full-time income from me, it's still about 25% off. So I, I still go out there and do shows and, and light things for people and I enjoy it, but that's still a very much a big part of my world. And so if I'm going to do things that take more time, such as the podcast, such as um, YouTube videos that go in more in depth or more highly edited, then I either need more time to do them or I need to help um, pay. I've got an assistant and I can get more assistance to help me do some of the things that are on my plate that may take a good bit of time, but may not be something that I need to do um, as the lighting expert. It could be just stuff that, that someone can help me with. And I've had a lot of help there in the past, but in order to pay for the stuff, you know, it costs money. So at the end of the day, so here, here's, here's where I'm going on this. Okay. Sorry if I've rambled on too long, but you know, if you're a true fan, you're probably still here. Uh, here's where I'm going with this before I answer your questions. Um, I'm definitely going to be going ahead and doing a Patreon type model. I got to figure out the details. I got to figure out, am I going to do it on patreon.com? Am I going to do it, um, host it myself? You know, what am I going to do there? I'm going to, it's also going to be a bit of a hybrid approach where sure there will be lower cost patronages for under $10 a month for, for those of you that would like to be patrons, you know, often I know people do a dollar sometimes on Patreon. Um, I might not do a dollar because honestly, once you take the fees out, that's basically nothing. Um, but you know, maybe $5, $10, et cetera. Um, and then also have some higher price stuff. Have for those of you who work for companies in the lighting industry um, or anything really, if you guys want to advertise, you could purchase these these higher dollar advertisements, and uh, we could be able to feature you on the show. Now, for any advertisement, I'm going to uh, require that I approve the advertisements before they go on. They got to be products that I believe in, and uh, I'll probably also be reaching out as well to those products I believe in, those companies that I trust and uh, talk about their stuff on the show uh, if we can, you know, find an agreement. So at the end of the day, um, I love doing what I'm doing here. It's continuing to grow. You know, Learn Stage Lighting is not in trouble. Um, things are going great. But at the same time, you know, I only have so much time. And while I would love to believe and love to funnel everybody into becoming a Learn Stage Lighting Labs member, I know that that's not what everyone needs. It's a higher level of connection, um, which is really great for some people. But I know that there's others who don't need that, who would still love to support wearing stage lighting here. And so therefore, we're going to have a Patreon coming up. Uh, and so for that, um, in accordance with that, as I kind of figure that out and have some other big things coming up, I'm going to go ahead and uh, through June and July, I'm going to go on a little bit of a siesta, take a little bit of a nap. So we're still going to have the podcast, but we're just going to do it um, only two podcasts a month instead of four. And this is going to help me get caught up on some things I've really been needing to get caught up on. Um, I'm planning a special YouTube series through July, which is going to be really exciting. And then I'm hoping uh, maybe in August, I'm going to launch this Patreon, maybe sooner, and um, I'll be able to get you guys in on it um, and be able to recognize you here on the podcast for your support. And thank you for everything that you do to help make Learn Stage Lighting possible. Because at the end of the day, you know, I want to be able to help as many people as I can, whether they have the resources to pay, you know, $10 a month, 45 or nothing. I want to make sure that this is, um, that Learn Stage Lighting is an organization that, you know, can, can make enough money to sustain itself over the long haul and be able to uh, continue to do bigger and better and cooler things. Because I've got some great ideas 
coming out there and I can't wait to to bring those to you. So that's Patreon. Um, but if you still have thoughts, uh, if you think Patreon's a good idea for me, if you think it's a bad idea, uh, same with sponsorships, you know, head over to learnstagelighting.com slash contact and let me know. Most importantly, I want to hear from you guys because I, I've heard about a couple, I've heard from a couple of you uh, as I've written about this over the past few weeks, but for the most part, I, I haven't heard from that many people considering how many people um, at least download this show. I can never know how many people actually listen, but the downloads are a good, um, definitely a good sign that shows me that people are definitely listening. I mean, complete over the uh, over the year that we've done it, over 35,000 people have listened to this show. Let's see, let's go to last month. Um, actually, it's about the end of the month, but last month, um, almost 3,000 people listened to this show, and I'm sure that's going to continue to rise. And so I want to make this grow. Um, I, I want to have your participation in it. And so be on the lookout for more stuff coming from Learn Stage Lighting and a big Patreon so you guys can help me continue to grow and continue to build something that's really sustainable and um, really great. Awesome. So with that, guys, let's answer your questions. I want to see what uh, you guys have asked today, and uh, we'll answer them here on the show. All right. First, Ivan writes in, and Ivan says... I'm a very experienced musician, finally learning about lights. I think I've sorted for what lights to buy for our stage setup, thanks to the Learn Stage Lighting videos, but he would like to use his iPad and the DMX's software to control the lights via DMX. I'm pretty sure I have a good understanding of this now, too. What I'd like to do is create scenes and then flick between them with some kind of pedal. Can I do this somehow? Many thanks. Ivan. All right, Ivan. So, um couple of things here just to dive through. Um, it's funny, when I, when I talk to musicians, a lot of them just absolutely love their iPads and want to run lighting off iPads. And I guess that's not a bad thing. Um, I personally, I hate iPads. I really do. I just, I just, I'm such a computer guy myself. I know that's weird. Uh, I like to be on my phone or computer and tablets. I just dislike, like I have an iPad. I use it for testing and things like that but it's not my favorite. Um, so when it comes to lighting software for tablets, there's not a lot of great options out there. Um, when, when you move to a PC, there's so many more options. And so I usually shove people in that direction. Um, DMX is not going to run without a PC or a Mac to run the actual software. Okay. You cannot run DMX on an iPad. So, Already, it sounds like you're sold on DMXs, and that's what I recommend. It's an awesome piece of software for exactly what you're trying to do. Um, but you're not going to be able to run it on an iPad. You can run it with a foot switch. Um, that's built into DMXs, and it's very, very powerful. So then what are you supposed to do? Okay, well, if you want to run things on an iPad, there's really only a couple options. There's one called Luminaire. And um, there's a couple other ones as well. And then there's one called Vibrio as well. And there's a few other ones out there. Um, and truth be told, I'm not really a huge fan of any of these units. Um, they're all okay, all of these, these two softwares. Um, but for the cost, I just, I don't know. I just don't feel like they're as good as something like DMXs. And I don't know a way with either of these to be able to get MIDI input um with 
the ability to plug in a foot switch somehow to your iPad and control things. With a computer, however, it's very simple. In fact, I have customers, um, friends, people who write in and they they buy just an inexpensive laptop and run DMXs on that. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, I want I want you to be happy and I want you to do something that's going to work well for you. And so DMXs can actually be controlled from a tablet. Um, there's some basic control there via the OSC commands. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of that. That's OSC and an app called Touch OSC. Um, it works okay. You know, you can't do everything in there. It's it's difficult to program. Um, but I got to tell you, Ivan, DMXs is um, when you say right there, what I would like to do is create scenes and then flick between them with some type of pedal. Um, that's exactly what DMXs does. And so I think it's the perfect piece of software for you and what you're trying to do. And um, I'd hate to see you go with something on an iPad and be frustrated with it. You know, tablets are cool. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you just can't get that control, that level of control and complexity and ease of control on a piece of tablet software. I haven't seen one yet that comes even close to what DMXs can do, especially for somebody like you who's a band trying to run things from stage. So that's my my word, my word there. We'll sure, be sure to link to an article about DMXs below so you can learn more about it as well. Ivan, awesome. Jay writes in and uh, says, Hi, David. I am helping my church by updating the old DMX system, which is DOS Lite 1 on Windows 7, as well as troubleshooting some LED splash uh, Chauvet lights with that have erratic led behavior all right i'm an audio engineer by trade so this whole dmx lighting aspect is new to me i'm going to first replace the old audio cables with dmx as well as terminate the last fixture but i had a question on updating with good quality fixtures can you give an idea of what would be a modern day equivalent of the chave 200 B and I believe this is the uh, yeah LED splash um 200B and also for general wall washing what fixtures would I recommend we're in a smaller space it's actually a 100 year old general store oh that's cool um and you gave me a link as well on where to check out your live stream just so I can see it and you have a free bluegrass uh outreach on Friday and Saturday nights hey I I dig Free bluegrass. All right, how do I look at one of these videos? Uh, let me go ahead and, and look at one of your videos here, and then I'll answer the question. All right, so Jay, um, very cool put space that you've got there. So basically what I'm seeing is you're kind of looking for general wall washing, overall just kind of set lighting um, light. You're not really front lighting people with it but you're just looking for a good general purpose LED that does this stuff that's a, quote, modern day equivalent of the Chave 200B. So what this can come down to is really how good you want it to look. For literally an equivalent of a Chave 200B, and we'll link to all these below, is a unit called the Chauvet or Chave a Slim Par 56, Okay. And they have a 64 that has a RGBA. It has the amber as well, not just the RGB, the red, green, blue. And these are both pretty nice lights. They still have the little LEDs like you see on your units, um, but they're a more modern design. And, you know, they, they work really well. They're really inexpensive. They're like 100 bucks, and they can really get the job done. Um, 
anything else in Chauvet or ADG's ADJ's catalog is definitely or Eliminator or Blizzard um, lighting. Any light that these people have that's like a general par is going to be um, a pretty significant update to those color splashes. Okay, that's a definitely an older unit. I remember those guys. I remember using them. I remember how terrible they look. Um, and I remember how they have problems um, as they get old. But, you know, they were an early LED unit, and for the time, they were pretty exemplary. I mean, considering that you'd be replacing a conventional light that had you had to put gel in front of to get color, and it ran hot. Um, the fact that we had LEDs that could change all these colors was like, woo! And, and that was a great light for its time. Nowadays, you know, again, these Chavez Slimpar 56s or the 64 RGBAs are great units. Um, if you want a little more brightness or you want to be able to get some more saturated colors, um, especially in the amber and blue seg- sections, then you can look at, you know, some nicer lights. Both of these companies, Chauvet and ADJ, have some tri-pars, some quad-pars, and some hex-pars, um, as well as strip lights. Uh, if you're looking for general wall-washing strip light, my recommendation there is, um, I really like the ADJ ones. They call them the Ultra Bars. And one of the things that I like about theirs is that if you do put them on the ground, they have a little magnetic locking system so that they're all facing straight up and they don't get pushed into all different angles. And so that looks really cool. Um, but you can just use a regular par as well. It gives you, you know, instead of a, a a wash of light per se across the wall, instead of a really flat, you know, even side to side wash, it gives you that more of a beam uh, like you're used to with your pars. But, you know, both can work. Um, they, they're definitely all great options and pretty much anything you buy today is going to be a really great upgrade for you compared to what you had. And so I would just, you know, like I always tell people, Stick with the name brands, okay? Don't buy cheap direct from China stuff because it does not have a good reputation. Um, and I've seen this time and time again with students and other people. You know, people going, trying to save a few bucks, buying it direct from China, and it doesn't work, okay? You need the quality control that, that ADJ or Alation or Chauvet has got in place and the support and the warranty because if you buy direct, you're not going to get any of that stuff. Um, yeah, it's going to cost more, but trust me, you'll be happy with it at the end. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, You you asked pretty vague questions. And so I hope my answers aren't too vague. But uh, I would definitely recommend, you know, taking a look at some of those newer units. Um, A pretty direct replacement, like I said, is those slim par series, but you can get into to pars with hex LEDs. uh, And they look really awesome as well. But um, anything's gonna be an upgrade for you, which is great. Um, It'll look really awesome, hopefully soon. Jacob wrote in and said, I was looking for some input on adding some new to me lights to the rig. Currently, I have a good amount of static LED washes, some moving LED washes, and a couple moving spots. I was considering getting either a couple moving spots or beams. I really like the way moving beams can look and have a different effect on lighting, but I think a spot might be a little more practical. Thoughts? So Jacob, you really hit the nail on the head here. Um, What I like to look for, though, Um, And I don't know kind of what budget range you're in, um, whether you're looking at like professional grade stuff or a step down from that or a step down from that, like at at an entry level. But you've really hit the nail on the head here that beam type lights that have a really narrow um, beam to them look awesome. 
they have this cool narrow beam that's something completely different from anything that wash lights or spot fixtures can do. Okay? Now, you say here you've got some moving spots, you've got some moving washes, and you've got some static washes. And so I would look at definitely going ahead and um, if you feel like you've got enough spots, like if the ones you have already uh, feel like they're enough for for the amount of lighting that you want to do for your rig, if they feel like enough, then let's go ahead and find some beams. But we're going to find a beam that we can also use for a spot type light. Um, a lot of these beams, which is cool, they, they have the ability to stick either one or two prisms even into the beam to scatter the gobo, to scatter the light, etc. And so the look that you get when you scatter the light with a prism is a little bit more like a spot fixture. Okay, some of them zoom as well. And so what, what you really get when you find a light that's kind of a, a spot beam hybrid, as they're often called, is you literally get something that can do both a spot and a beam, okay? And, and that's what I like to look for because then when you want, you can do those beam type effects, but you don't want that all the time. You want to give the audience a break. You want to give their eyes a break and um, you, you want to bring fresh stuff to the plate constantly. But if you have a light that can also put in a prism or two and really scatter that light like a spot or maybe shine it on a backdrop with a gobo in it, etc., then you've really got a win-win situation there. You've really got the ability to, you know, at least get like 70% of a spot. Like maybe it's not going to look quite as good as your spots when it's in kind of spot mode, but say it's like 70, 75% is good. Then that's something that's an effect you can use when you're not using them in the beam mode, when you pull all of the, the prisms out of it and just have the narrow beam. Um, and so that gives you a couple different options for running your show. So that's my recommendation there. I certainly love the way beams look, um, but you know, you can't argue with the fact that um, spots are definitely more practical. Beams, a lot of the time, especially when it's just a dedicated beam unit, can kind of be a one-trick pony. And, um, you know, that can get old in your show real quick, and you don't want to use it all the time. So that's my recommendation there. Sean writes in and says, Hello, we have just purchased eight used Almond 360Q uh, 6x16 lights and plan to use them in their church auditorium. We currently have zero stage lights. We're looking to use some uh, Rockville stands till we can get the hardware up to mount them more permanently. The lights are rated at 750 watts. What would be a good, cheap controller console? We don't need much, but the basics would be great. Being able to set up some groups would be nice, but not mission critical. What else do we need? We just have the lights currently. Thank you for your help, Sean. Okay, Sean, so you need a dimmer. Um, basically... Uh, uh, most of the time in lighting, you have a dimmer pack that is connected to your lighting console that dims the lights. Okay. So that's going to be the difference there is that, um, you, you kind of have these three pieces. Now, when you're looking at dimmer packs, most of the ones, and I've got an article called, uh, what DMX dimmer pack should I buy? I believe it's called. We'll link to it below, um, for sure. But most of the inexpensive dimmer packs, you know, are, are going to be like a four-channel dimmer pack, which works, which would work perfectly for you. But a lot of them cannot do more than 600 watts per channel, okay? 
And so that's going to be a little bit of a problem here, you know? Um, and uh, let me make sure I can find that article. All right, so let's run you through a couple situations here, Sean. And the 360Q is not a bad light. I remember using them um, in the past. You know, for what they were, they're, they're a good light. Um, and so what we've got here is we need a dimmer pack, okay? That's, that's step one, and then you need a console. Two that I like to recommend are the uh, ADJ slash Elation DMX uh, 20L and the Leviton D4 DMX MD5. They're both in the article. Um, that I mentioned here, so you'll be able to see those there. But the ADJ one only allows you to, uh, the whole unit's rated for 20 amps or 2400 watts, but each channel is only rated for 5 amps, uh, which is 600 watts, and so that's going to be a no-go with your 750s. The Leviton, which is my favorite dimmer pack and also is oddly cheaper right now, um, on Amazon at least, which is great, is um, allows you to do up to a thousand watts per channel, but or twelve hundred per channel, sorry. But the total output can only be twenty four hundred watts. So you would need three of these dimmer packs, um, DMX cables between them, and then DMX cable to your console, okay, to make that work. Now, here's what I'm going to recommend for you, okay, Sean. Is I would go ahead, especially you've never had any lights here, and I would go ahead and change out your lamps, okay. So you can actually get yourself uh, the uh, 360Qs actually, I believe, were originally a 1,000-watt lamp. I believe when I used them, they were primarily a 1,000-watt, I think. Maybe they weren't. Either way, you have your choice now of getting a couple different lamps and putting them in these things, okay? And so I'm looking at the data sheet right now for the 360Q. Actually, I might be wrong. That was the Almond Shakespeare's that were 1,000 watts. Regardless, um, you've got the option of doing a 750-watt lamp, a 575-watt lamp, a, or a 375-watt um, lamp, okay? Now... The um, kind of the sweet spot here is the 575, okay? And why is this the, the sweet spot? Well, um, truth be told, when you look at the amount of brightness that you get out of these things versus, uh, and you compare that to the um, the amount of wattage, the 575 is, is really efficient. Um, you can get the uh, GLA type lamp, and uh, I'll copy this in, and let's see if we can find one. Um, on the great Googles. Yeah, so you can get a GLA 575 from newlighting.com. I'll make sure to have a link in the show notes for that guy. And they're 15 bucks a piece, okay? It's rated for 1,500 hours, which is great. And uh, and 575 watts bright. Oh, don't read the product description on this. 575 watts is not a brightness. Um, But um, for while the company that's selling this newlighting.com really should do better than that. Uh, so I would go ahead and I would put in those 575 watt lamps. Okay. I would get those and then get that Leviton D4 DMX dimmer, get two of those. They're four channels each. Boom. You can run your eight lights with that. Um, your eight 575 watt lights. And then I would go ahead and um, for the console end of things, then you're just going to need a basic uh, DMX lighting console, okay? And so I would recommend, um, probably for you, just to keep it simple, is um, 
going with, uh, I believe it's the ADJ Stage Center. Um, what it, what really um, comes up here is you really want to make sure that if you're going to grow in the future, then you're going to want to get enough console for the future. But if you feel like you're just going to have eight lights and it's going to be that way for a long time, then get something much more simple. Like one here that I just pulled up is the uh, American DJ Stage Setter 8. And this is kind of a typical console that I've seen many times. But what I like about it is you can set it up. You can set up the mode. You can just click a button on the front of it. I'm looking at a picture right now. And you can have 16 faders where you have control of 16 lights or 16 channels. Or you can have what they call 8 by 8 where the first eight is individual control. And then on the bottom, you can record what are called submasters or what I think you're calling groups here. And you can record some different things, uh, some different groups of lights at different levels that you can then bring up with those bottom eight faders. And so I think that's really going to be the ticket for you. Um, really all that, that you're going to need to do there is just, again, set that console up, set your dimmer packs up, set the address on the dimmer packs, wire them all together with DMX, plug in your lights, and uh, you'll be good to go. So hope that helps, Sean. If you do uh, need more help, do feel free to uh, check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs, where I help people all the time with stuff like this, um, just to be able to, to get you um, started on the right foot, because I know you're starting completely from scratch. Awesome. Becky wrote in, Hi, is there a limit on how many splitters, DMX splitters, you can put on one universe? Uh, we currently use five outputs on a particular splitter. Uh, We're then looking to run from the last output of the DMX splitter to an NTEC D split for additional cable runs. Um, hope that makes sense. Blessings, Becky. Yeah, totally, Becky. Um, the funny thing about a splitter is that it actually amplifies the signal as it splits. So when it comes to DMX, you, I don't think, and I'm not an engineer here, but on a technical level, I literally think that it's not even possible to have too many splitters. Like you literally cannot have too many splitters. I'm pretty sure. Either way, I've used, you know, four or five, six even um, on particular universes before. And it's absolutely fine. You can you can use as many as you want. Splitters actually strengthen the signal and make it a little better. So at the end of the day, you really can't go wrong there. As, as long as the signal going into the splitter is good, it's going to split it and send out some more good signal. Justice writes in and says, Hello, sir. Can you please help me find this fixture profile? I am using Martin MPC. All right, Justice. So if you're using Martin MPC, what is now Onyx from Elation, here's what you want to do, okay? You want to go to LearnStageLighting.com. We'll have a link here in the show notes. And um, we want to go ahead and find an article that we'll link to here below called How Do I Figure Out What DMX Channels My Lights Have? Okay? This is going to take you to the Onyx Fixture Finder, which is built just for Onyx, which is what MPC has changed their name to. When you get in there, you'll be able to go ahead and literally just input the channels that your light has, and it's going to tell you what profile you can use or if there's one that's not available. Be sure to check out my full post because I do go in there, and I have a couple tips and tricks to help you find matches because uh, sometimes you don't write it first, and I got some tips on how to help you find the right match for what you need to do. Awesome. 
Danae writes in, Hi, David. We have an M-Touch in our main room at church. Our youth room is currently using about six LED bars and an old Chave board. We would like to have the youth room on the same system. We're looking to switch over to Onyx. If we do this uh, via the Onyx remote app, do you know if we can have a separate show file for access from our youth room on just an iPad or phone? There is no physical way to connect the two rooms. Um, or would we need to connect cabling into another board in the youth room and run the Onyx program like another M-Touch, etc.? I appreciate your suggestion. All right, Danae. So the best thing that you can do, um, the cheapest way to get this going, is you just need to buy a simple DMX output uh, widget, a USB device. Um, and one that's compatible with Entex is the Entex DMX USB Pro. We will link to it here on the great Googles. It is $160 um, right now. And we'll link to that below here in the show notes. But you can plug this guy in. You can get one universe of DMX output out of a computer for free. Okay, so stepping back a minute. Sorry, I got ahead too far. You're going to want to have each room on its own separate computer running Onyx. You can put it Onyx, as you probably know, on pretty much any modern computer, um, especially if you're not running a lot of lights. It's really not resource intensive. And then you can go ahead and um, plug in this Entech device and then plug it into your network and you'll have the ability to control it with the Onyx remote, okay? You, uh, you're going to want to keep them on separate computers just so somebody doing one thing in one room won't disturb somebody in the other room. Plus, there's no um, easy physical connection between the two rooms for you, so that jumps that hurdle as well. So you'll just go to your youth room, set up a second computer, maybe find somebody in the church who can donate one. Um, a lot of times people have computers around, especially if they're kind of IT-like people. Um, they might have a couple computers around that aren't even that old. They can wipe it for you, put a nice clean install for you, plug in that Intech USB device. Again, only 160 bucks, And um, then connect it to the network and you'll be able to use the remote app, okay? Awesome. So it's really that simple. Um, it can be really inexpensive just like that. Don writes in and says, I play in a jam band here in Denver, Colorado. We have a very mountain-esque sound. Think uh, Leftover Salmon, String Cheese Incident, or Railroad Earth. Currently in my lighting change, I have chain. I have eight LED moving heads um, and four moving spot garbos. Maybe you mean gobos. I would like to fix pick up a very user-friendly computer program to help run the lights. My roommate has taken a liking to running lights for my band. He is using um, a basic controller, and he named it here. I'd like to upgrade to a very user-friendly computer program. Uh, what suggestion do you have here? User-friendly is key. My roommate has gotten pretty good with the DMX controller. Uh, he planned to get four more uh, DMX Gobo lights, making for a total of 16 lights. What user-friendly computer programs do I recommend? All right, Don. So I've really got four that I recommend, and, and, and you can see them now four or five that I recommend. Um, and there's always, when you're working with lighting, especially trying to run things on the fly, there's always the balance between having more ability, but also when you get more ability and when you get more complex with a console, you tend to then also um, be less user-friendly. And that makes sense if you think about it, right? You know, the more that you're able to do, the more difficult it is to keep it easy to work with, okay? 
Now, you've worked in the past, you know, so far, you've had a very basic lighting console. But now you're looking to step it up a little bit. And so what I would do is, is I would check out this article I have on my website called How Do I Choose My First Lighting Console, okay? And uh, one of the things, you know, you could certainly use Entex DMX's program and run things live and on the fly and have a bunch of scenes programmed and be able to work between them and do stuff like that. But for a jam band, I kind of wonder if you might want something a little bit more complex. DMXS is very simple, and it works amazing for bands who are running their own lighting, who have songs that they do and, and have kind of a given set list and, and you know, kind of stick to it for the most part. But for a jam band, you probably want to have the ability to, to go pretty much anywhere with the lighting and, and do anything. And as you get more lights, that actually becomes more difficult to do. And so that's where the fun comes in. It's a lot of fun to do this. But I would recommend looking at the intermediate level consoles that I put on my site. Uh, the first one I put there is the WorkPro Light Shark. And this is a really cool one just because it's actually not PC-based. Um, you dial in with a tablet or a computer, and then it's got both a control surface and it's got uh, the ability to be run from a tablet or PC as well. And so you get faders, but you also get on-screen buttons, and you can do a lot with it. Now, on a less expensive end there, you'll see Entex D Pro. And it's another great piece of software, honestly, that I recommend to a lot of people. Um, for running things on the fly and being able to have kind of precise control over a lot of different attributes of light, which you want to do with a jam band, DMXs might not be your best bet. It might do everything you need. It might not. Um, most of these things have demos, or at least you can check out their training videos online, which I've done most of them. Um, but that's probably where I would recommend things for you. I wouldn't go much more complicated than that, just simply because, again, you want to keep it user-friendly. Um, another one actually to look at, which I don't cover on First Lighting Console yet, but I've been I've been working with and, and talking about, is LightKey. And I'll be sure to have a link in the show notes as well to, to LightKey. I actually have an article called How Do I Control Lighting on a Mac? Um, and it talks about LightKey. And LightKey is a good option. And what I like about it is um, it is super duper 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 user friendly. Like, like it, it can be as you get a bigger show and you start to get a lot more lights, um, more than you have, you'll start to run into the problem of having trouble managing it all. But until you, you kind of get to that point where you run out of space, um, where you kind of start to get too complicated for light key, um, it can be a really great option and it runs on a Mac and a lot of musicians are Mac people and have them around um, because it's like, it like walks you through everything and is really like really user friendly. Like they definitely, I feel like right now they're, they're definitely where they're unique in lighting consoles is that they are so user friendly. Um, it's ridiculous. So those are my thoughts um, there. All right. Last question. All right, this last question actually kind of deals with the, the previous question, which is great. So David writes in and says, I am setting up very basic theater lighting uh, in my home, and uh, what do I recommend as a basic controller for my six fixtures, six LED parts? I bought the Chauvet Obey 40 for my first show, um, but it was not the right tool for the job. I learned I didn't have control, the ability to control my dimming out of and into my looks and scenes. 
Uh, thank you for your help. And might I be able to respond via email? I don't listen to your podcast. Okay, David. Well, you should definitely listen to the podcast. Here it is. Um, and this is where I do respond. But my assistant, Kari, who is awesome and, and doing a killer job at everything she does to help us here in Learn Stage Lighting, um, we'll send you an email and show you where to find the answer here on the show. So that's not an issue. Um, this is just an efficient way for me to answer questions because I get a lot of them and uh, I don't have time to answer them all for free. I wish I did, but, um, I gotta, I gotta feed my kids, you know, feed my family. So at the end of the day, um, you really want to decide what you want to be able to do. And the reason why, excuse me, this is so similar to the last question is because the last person was trying to do jam band lighting. You're trying to do theater lighting. Okay. We're not trying, you are doing theater lighting, and he is doing jam band lighting, or his friend is. But when it comes down to it, the time to get into a more complex controller is when something more simple can't do what you need it to do, okay? Now, David, when I'm reading here, you can, you should listen to the last answer um, about Don's question, but check out the resources I mentioned to him, too. But when I read what you're saying... um. I think that DMXs from NTech is probably going to be great for you because you're able to change the level of your lights, put them into different scenes, build as many scenes as you want. They call them presets and fade between them. Once you're in those presets, you can even totally go in there, grab the faders for the different lights and control them. Totally able to do that at any time. Okay. So you're able to control any of the DMX channels, whether that's the dimmer or the red, green, blue, or whatever they are, and um, you're able to do that at any time. You can grab control live and deviate from what your cues are. So that would definitely be my recommendation for you, and I hope that that helps you. Awesome, guys. Well, today was a lot of fun. See, I always have so much fun answering your questions, which is why I do want to hear from you on this whole Patreon thing. Okay? Let me know. Go to learnstagelighting.com slash contact, and if you haven't already, let me know what you think about the concept. Would you like to become a patron to learn stage lighting? What would you be willing to pay on a monthly basis? Would you be, you know, more like $10 or $20? Um, you know, I have a feeling this is for people who don't need the amount of, of help that Learn Stage Lighting Labs provides, but still want to be able to support and keep this thing running. Because at the end of the day, you know, as a site, we've got bills to pay. As a business, you know, we've got hosting and all kinds of stuff like that and software and, you know, buying lights to test out um, controllers and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. And then we also got to pay me, right? Because my time's not free and it does take a lot of time to build this site out. So let me know, learnstagelighting.com slash contact. That's my only ask for you today. And I hope you have a great week. Look forward to seeing you back here in two weeks where we'll talk about something. Um, I will let you guys know I'll have some great episodes coming up on some really great topics. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to be right now, but we'll be here every two weeks to teach you about lighting. I hope you have a great day. See ya. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.